auto lace-up sneakers, self-drying jackets, a fax machine in every room of your home? Boy, the future's stupid. Jamie? Yeah. Carl? Yep. Let's go watch Back to the Future Part 2. Welcome to another episode of Good Times Great Movies. We are an 80s movie podcast where every other week we watch a different movie from the 80s and then we talk about it. My name is Doug McCambridge. I'm one of your two hosts. And with me, as always, in a ill-fitting jacket. Yeah, it's like Denise Huxtable made that. Uh, it's Jamie Lorello. Jamie, how are you? I'm great. I'm doing, I'm doing good. We did watch the original just about a year ago. Yeah, was it that? It wasn't that long ago. And I do like this. Because this was um, available on Netflix only till the end of June, so our listeners should know that. that it kept reminding me of that yeah. while I was watching it. I was like, are you daring me to turn this off and like ramp it up again in a few more weeks yeah, or something? Yeah, because you got limited time yeah. release here. Let's say that for whatever bizarre reason you decide to watch these movies after we talk about them, I guess you can watch it on Netflix yeah. for the next uh, three weeks yeah. or so. But anyway, but we are not alone. Uh, as I sort of talked about at the end of last episode, we are doing something this summer, which is we have dubbed it the Summer of Sidekicks right. because we can't think of any better name for it. <laughs> um, but with us, this episode is Carl from Who Are These Podcasts. Carl, how are you? I am doing awesome. What's happening, Doug? What's happening, Jamie? Very happy to be here. Thank you for coming. That's great. As you know, I critique podcasts. That's what I do for a living now. I just want to point out, I know the name of the episode will be the movie, but you didn't even say what movie we're doing. You just go, hey, so we watched the original a year ago, and now we're doing this. Like, you realize that not everybody else did what we did today, prepared to watch Back to the Future 2 to talk about it, right? We like to be elusive. We like to be elusive in our pod. It's like, it's like one of those choose-your-own-adventures. Like, you is figure it, it out. Wait, are you saying that people don't just look at the title of a podcast and it's like, whoa, hold on, before I listen to this, I better take nearly two hours out of my time and watch the movie? I'm just saying, sometimes your podcast player just keeps playing the episodes as they go, so oh, you're not necessarily yeah. looking at it and knowing what the title is. What do you think, they read all the liner notes that you wrote? But it's making them, now they have to really pay attention. Like, now it's drawing them in. What movie are they talking about? They've already done the first one. It's a sequel movie, but a sidekick <laughs> summer? What's happening on this podcast? Jamie, that lesson was free. Future ones will cost you, okay? All right, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> anyway, uh, Carl, you, what we did was we reached out to you when yes. you said you would you would do this we i let you choose any movie you wanted from an entire decade That's right. you had 10 years worth of movies which jamie's always surprised that we're still able to do this podcast after six years that yeah. there were that many movies made in 10 years you had your choice of anything and you chose this why did you choose this back to the future 2 is fascinating to me because I both love it and think it's the most flawed movie ever made. Oh. It's, it's wildly entertaining. I could watch it over and over again. Yeah. And yet there are so many plot holes. And it's not even the time travel stuff. Like the time travel <laughs> stuff, it makes sense. 
Everything else about the movie makes no sense at all. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> the way this movie handles time travel is flawless. I don't disagree with it's you. Fine. Well, we get a nice little graph that that the doc draws out for us to let us know when the time's being warped and when we're getting back into it. It's, it's really dummy proof the yeah. way they explain how this all works. Yeah. I was shocked with how often this movie is just exposition dumps. How mm-hmm. it really is so many times characters talking to the viewer, basically saying, "Okay, here's let's what's catch happening. you up to speed on what how yeah. Biff got all of his yeah. knowledge and his money. Let's catch you up to speed on yeah. what's happening here." If, yeah. If you're an idiot, here's what happened. Here's how this whole weird Biff universe happened. Let's just let Biff tell us how <laughs> in his office. Could you imagine? So there's this video playing on a loop at the Biff Casino that tells you the story of yeah. Biff. How amazing he is when his story is he won a horse race back yeah. and then parlayed that into other sports bets. They're like, this guy is the most amazing American we've ever seen. And no one ever caught the little the little almanac in his pocket because it was clear with Mikey J's <laughs> knockies that it was in there. And he had to have it all. He he didn't memorize. He clearly has a poor memory, so he always consulted right there the almanac. What I really enjoyed is the fact that you know, Carl, you brought up his museum, his Biff Museum, where there's a video playing. Yeah. But the best thing about the video is it's like come into this museum where you'll learn all this stuff that we're just going to tell you right now in this video. <laughs> like there's, I don't know what's in that museum that they're not telling you in that stupid video. He also catches it at the perfect time. He walks up, you know, he's in a daze. He's like, what's going on? Yeah. This is not the Hill Valley I recognize. And he walks up, he's like, hey, step right up. We're going to tell you what's been happening over the last 30 years right. and get you caught up on everything. Like, perfect. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> All right. So let's go through this thing. Uh, it is Back to the Future 2 from 1989, yeah. directed by Robert Zemeckis and written by Bob Gale. So the year it was made is 1989, but the year we're in is... 1985, right? And we kind of leave off right where, we pick up rather, right where Back to the Future left off. There's so much of that in this movie where we get, in case you didn't, in case you forgot anything about the original Back to the Future, don't worry, you get plenty of it just dumped in here um, to remind you that it's not just a sequel, but it relies heavily on the first one. Um, The difference is though, we have a new Jennifer. So um, Elizabeth Shue, who I enjoy as Jennifer, I think she makes a good Good Jennifer. Uh, is she? I didn't actually. I don't remember the third one. I don't know that I saw it. Is she in the Wild West with them? Carl, Carl, as the uh, as the expert on the Back to the Future series, maybe you can answer this question. Well, I don't think she makes the trip with them. I think it's just Marty and the Doc and the Doc's new girlfriend. But Back to the Future Three is garbage. Yeah, that's what I thought. But I wasn't sure if Elizabeth Shue made it. Well, she barely makes the trip. She makes the trip with them here, right. but she's knocked unconscious for she's most. She's passed of it. out most of the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge result. Like I love the fact that they ended the first one with the two of those ding dongs getting in the car with him and taking off. So they were like, "Well, okay, I guess we have to have her in here." But how do we dispose of this character, which we have written nothing for? Like, they had nothing for her. I guess she was just sort of in the way, and they decide to dispose of her as quickly as possible. She gets, what, like, zapped by Doc kind of at one point? Yeah. And then, yeah, and then later just passes out again. Well, she sees herself 30 years in the future, which could destroy the entire galaxy. Yeah, or we get a, she might just pass out. Yeah, we get a lot of warnings that are like either really <laughs> intense warnings or like, oh, she might just get a good nap out of it. I mean, 
there's two. I love at the very beginning of the movie. So they're they're recreating the scene from the end of the first movie, and they bring in the new Jennifer. And of course, Marty McFly would be like, Jennifer! Oh my gosh, it's you, Jennifer! I can't believe here it is, Jennifer, everybody. Am I right, people? This is Jennifer. Everyone on board with this? All right, cool. We got it! <laughs> I just, I don't understand, because it wasn't as though Claudia Wells was such a huge part of that first movie no. anyway. I right. mean, you really could. I mean, they did her hair to match her. They put right. her in the same outfit. As a kid, I didn't know it was a different actress. I had no idea. It was four years later, too. It's, it was fine. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. Elizabeth Shue in this movie, it's interesting, because I am, I am all about Elizabeth Shue. Jamie, I've told you this before, yeah. whether she's singing blues with a bunch of kids or, or having an orangutan, watch her take a bath. Like, <laughs> I am okay with her, because by this time, she was established. It's such a nothing to do. Like, you could bring in anybody, a nobody, to play this role. And it's just interesting that they brought in a name and then basically threw her in the trash for most Literally, of the movie. Her, yeah. her acting is terrible, too. And it might be the directing. It might be the script. When we get to those certain parts, I will point that out. But she is not good in this at all. <laughs> when she's in that car, like, I can't believe we're in the future. This is an amazing thing right I now. I would, too. I would shut her up, too. Just stop. Just stop with your nonsense. We've heard enough. So they, they get into a DeLorean. They mm -hmm. take off. They fly. They all of a sudden end up in a traffic jam in the air. Yeah. They're in a traffic jam in the air. And yeah. her big question is, the future? What do you mean we're in the future? I'd be like, what the fuck is going on right now? How are we flying? Where the fuck are we? And her she's other so concern calm. is she's going to get to meet her kids. You mean I'm going to get to see my kids and see what they look like? And, yeah. and my, I get to our, see our that wedding? in my life? Yeah. What? It's, it's like in that Coco movie when he goes to the afterlife or whatever and he goes, he's like, whoa, what is this place? This is a crazy, amazing place. She's not, whoa, what is this place? She's like, she just wants to know, a, she's very selfish. That's why they shut her down right away. They're like, listen, too many questions. There's a difference between the future and flying cars and dancing, singing skeletons. If I, I don't know how I'd react to either one, but maybe the dancing skeletons may have more of an impact on me. And like you said, they, they do take off. They filmed the end of the first movie again because Elizabeth Shue's here. Oh, right, yeah. that last. But also they have to show you that Biff now He's running his own detailing business or whatever. Oh, he's yeah. Got, got he comes out of the car. Yeah, he comes out of the house. Yeah, rather. but you have to, you have to, they have to show that he sees them taking off right. and isn't sure what was going on, which, again, it's in the middle of the day. Like, Doc can pick any time. He could pick the next day. The thing about this movie that I never really thought about before, and I guess it continues on into the third one, Marty hasn't slept in how many days at this point? <laughs> like... I, he's he's been up now for two to three days straight by the end of this. Yeah, when you have a time machine, time doesn't matter as much, and everything to them is like they're in a hurry. They gotta get shit done. It's like, <laughs> yeah. dude, take a nap, take a break, go back take whatever they want to. It's not a big deal. At the end of this, when they're freaking out that Biff has the almanac back, I'm like, I he know. doesn't place a bed for three years. <laughs> you went three years to figure this he out. It's no fine. Money to bet with. He just had to pay 300 bucks to get the manure out of his car. It's fine. <laughs> right. But yeah, uh, to your point, though, Doug, in the first movie, Doc is so secretive about this car, about this time machine. Yeah. He's got it covered up. He doesn't want anyone to know about it. Yeah. They only use it in the middle of the night so no one can see it. In this movie, he shows up, parks right in the driveway, get, get in the car, they take off in broad daylight and then go into the sky and and time travel and also in the sky the tires leave fire tracks 
Oh, right. How does that make any fucking sense? <laughs> the tire tracks are from the pavement. They wouldn't happen in the sky. There's no tires. It's a DeLorean, though. You don't know. You don't know what Fair the DeLorean's enough. capable of. He's uh, back to Doc for a moment. He's he's not. He's got that bright yellow coat that he wears and the silver sunglasses. Oh, he's not yeah. trying to hide at all. He's not no. trying to. He's just saying, "I'm loud and I'm proud and I'm the Doc and I'm here." And we gotta get we gotta get going. We gotta figure out. Cause then, how did he know that the the kids were gonna be in trouble? Cause I, and why does he care? Why well, because Doc he also is in trouble. We find out later that he is jailed. Maybe that's the real reason he wanted to. Like, we gotta get there. Cause listen, I'm gonna wanna. This is I'm gonna keep this top secret. But I get jailed, and your kids are fucked up too. But I, and the big thing is, I get thrown in jail, and we don't. Or Talk not about. jail. Uh, he gets committed to the asylum. Time he out. He only gets that. committed in the alternate 1985. Oh, right, right. He was going to be fine in the future. That's and right. And he even says you should never mess with anything that would screw up the timeline. And then for some reason, he's like, all right, let's go to the future and fix your kids. <laughs> yes. What a weirdo. Like, what a weird guy to be like, I went to the future. Let me check in on this boy prodigy of mine and just see how he's doing. Oh, he's fine. But he's not fine. No. Like, I don't really why know don't what they, Doc's why doing. Why don't they do something about the tragic car accident he was in? Because they mentioned this car accident that messed <laughs> right. up Marty. Right? That would have been the place. Because So, yeah. again, another time when someone shows up and everyone's telling the life story of someone. Right. They're like, well, remember, Marty, when they say he's a chicken, he has to do stupid shit because that's a new thing that we created. And that's when he screwed up his hand and couldn't play guitar. And now right. he's a loser. It's like, that would have been the fit thing to fix. Right. Exactly. I totally agree. Yeah. All right, so we go to the future. He has to, I don't know, mind wipe like uh, a men in black thing, but it really just makes Jennifer pass out. Yeah, she's going to think it's all a dream. They throw her in the dumpster. And I have a question. Maybe you guys can answer this because there was a lot happening. I had so much trouble like watching and trying to take notes during this. Yeah. Why does Doc peel his fake face off? I think that's just a weird gag. It's because he peels it off, but he looks exactly the same. No, there has to be a reason for it. You know, it's something I didn't remember until I watched it again today. I didn't remember that part. And I'm with you, Jamie. I think it was like a gag they thought would come across as funny. When Because everything else is so outrageous in the future and everything's going on, you would think that there would be something to it. And, like, there isn't. No. No. It's just confusing. And he just oh, does like one of those wow. weird facial peels and just like yeah, yeah, this is my this I'm just trying to not age and it doesn't it doesn't what does come off as kind of funny is the so cuz they're in the future 2015 to be exact. Mm-hmm. Um Marty wears those Nike shoes that kind of power lace up and the mm-hmm. I call it the Floby jacket that he puts on with the arms that kind of stick out and that was more fun to me than the face peeling. I was like, okay, that's futuristic. I dig that. By Floby jacket, you mean that you could put that on your head and it cuts your hair too? Is that what you mean by No, Floby like the things by the gas stations. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> so I actually just remembered when he's talking about the face peel thing, he also says he added 30 years to his life and also doesn't mm. he do something with Einstein, the dog, so that the dog is still around? So maybe oh. that was just like to make it so that he could get married. Because, by the way, when this movie was made, all of Back to the Future 3 was written and made as well. Yes. Yeah. So there's yeah. tons of foreshadowing to the Old West, and they're going to be in the Old West, and 1885 keeps showing up, so you know right. that's going to happen. So I wonder if they did that just to be like, well, why is this guy getting hitched, and why does he have a girlfriend? It's like, oh, he's got 30 more years. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
That must be it. Otherwise, there's no real, real explanation for it. So, do, do you think it was like, why would Mary Steenburgen fall for this guy? Oh, it's because <laughs> right. he looks 30 years <laughs> younger. Okay. Seriously, it might be because they were planning all this stuff in advance. So they get to the future right. and they have an issue of the USA Today. And on the front page, there is Marty McFly Jr. getting arrested for this crime. Yep. That they've come right. to the future to stop from happening. Why wouldn't it have been a local paper? Would the USA Today... <laughs> Be running that story on the front page of their newspaper. It's a big time crime. What was the crime even? I don't even know. Right? I don't. Don't. Know. It was something it Biff was talking him into. It so doesn't matter. It it does not. It's well, the it's the weakest. Like let's get these I can, people to the future for some. reason. I can right. prove that it wasn't a big enough crime to make it on the first page of the USA Today because <laughs> after they thwart the plans, the story changes right. to Biff getting arrested because he flew his uh, hoverboard <laughs> into town hall, right, or right, into the courthouse right. or whatever. <laughs> I do like all that. There's lots of changes of the, instead of picture changes like we had in the first one, we have a lot of headline changes that happen. Right. Because again, they either give us the story by telling us or showing us the headline to let us know what, what could or might not happen. Could or Isn't could it not interesting? Happen. So, you know, in a, a part later in the movie, you have George McFly, the father, who's front page of the paper because he was murdered yeah. in 1973. <laughs> and then when that story changes, he's still featured in the newspaper, but it's about how he's a great author. It's like, wouldn't there just be like a different story that day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Like not George McFly related at all. Wouldn't yeah, that make maybe way something more sense? about the weather. Just something different. Yeah. Just some other kind of headline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something about the weather. So I will know. Front page USA Today. <laughs> 80 degrees today, it's pretty warm. nice. Yeah. Okay, good. Everything's just easy breezy. Yeah. I was thinking like maybe an Indian kid would win a spelling bee or something. Like something <laughs> would make more sense. Headline, yeah. <laughs> I will will note uh, Crispin Glover didn't make it into this this Correct. second one, and uh, I did a little. Well, I don't know if y'all know. I did a little research, and I guess he was he didn't want to come back. He didn't feel like he was getting paid enough. Or then he made some argument that the he didn't believe in what the script was selling. He thought the the he didn't believe in it, I guess. And he sued them because they did use sort of his likeness. They hang him upside down. They keep him in the background. They blow oh him out. Um, yeah. And, and he, he, he sued the production for using his likeness, which, I mean. Which set a precedent. They, you're no yeah. longer allowed in Hollywood to do that. Right. Because right. Of, of this issue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they, they settled out of court, and I can only assume that he's, uh, he's fine now. He, he doesn't need to do anything. He's making, you know, he's still spending the money he made from Crispin, that loss. Crispin Glover is such a whack job. So yeah. I guess they weren't real thrilled with him on the set of the first movie anyway. But he's his an big oddball. issue. He's a weirdo. Yeah. So his big issue with the first movie was he didn't like that. They got rich, and that's why they were happy in the future. Yes. Right. Yeah. But I, I didn't get the sense that that was the only thing that made them happy. They also had love and confidence and success. I mean, there was other reasons, but like, like money comes with those things. Right. I, right. I don't think they were just saying, like, they won the lottery, and now they're happy. I don't think that was the point. No, no. <laughs> Do you think he saw the big truck reveal, and he's like, fuck this fucking <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I guess. He just wants a, He just wants a pickup? I'm done. I'm out of here. But it is great because he was so fantastic in that first movie. Yeah. He, like was. he was he was wonderful. I mean, there were so many times in that where it's just the Crispin Glover show. And in this one, it's the Biff Tannen show. Yeah. I mean, it, it's strange to say, but Marty has kind of nothing to do here. Well, like, he's just running around 
through the entire movie. I feel like they dress him up as his kids just to give him something to play with. But this is really Biff's movie start to finish. And I think Doc, too, because Doc is exploding every time. Great Scott, I can't hear it. I wish I could have counted how many times he great Scotted. Um, <laughs> it was a lot. And heavy. We said heavy a lot. Things were really heavy a lot. Um, the amount of times they lean into heavy in this movie, where you heard it a couple times in the first no. one, I was like, okay, listen, it's 89. I don't even think that was a big thing in 85. Like, nobody really ran around and said heavy except for Michael J. Fox. They This movie tried to make it a thing, right. it never caught on, but he continues to say it. When Michael J. Fox, so he runs into, soon, well, soon enough he runs into his kid, who is his future self, yeah. whatever, you were talking about the Crispin Glover's great, excellent performance in the in the first one. Um, what is this that Michael J. Fox is trying to do when he's trying to be like the dork? Because his son is is a little dorky, um, a little bit like Crispin's character in the first one. But he does this my, weird, like almost yeah. um, oh, almost like, like a hey, Bobcat Goldway hey voice. Like I don't know. Like, <laughs> hey, hey, Biff, what's a, do you? Here's what I think happened. I can only imagine that Zemeckis was like. Hey, um, Michael, can you like Mikey J this performance up like 80%? And he was like, well, what do you mean? And I assume Zemeckis was like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and he knew, and that's what he did. Like, it is such a weird, like, it's like a parody of Michael J. Fox is what he's playing. Mm -hmm. It's when the, he's it's playing not good. a stupid kid. Yeah, it's, it's not, not good. good. It's not, yeah, it's not it's how not anyone good. would act or behave. No, it's not a good he's, way to he, act. He's so out of it. He like when he's crossing the street, he's crossing backwards, and cars are hitting him. He's just like going through life like a, a total moron. Yeah, yeah. It's a caricature <laughs> of how someone would actually live their life. So they get to the future, and they're immediately in a hurry, which is so dumb. Mm -hmm. And, you yeah. know, they get there, Doc's like, we got no time. We don't have any time. We got we to do this. We got to do that. It's like, dude, just get there like three hours earlier. You could have very easily have done that. And then you'd have plenty of time to be like, all right, guys, here's the plan. We're going to camp out for another hour or two. Here's what we're going to do, though. I'm going to let you know. Instead, it's like, hurry up. I'm going to go do this. You go do that. And then they screw it up. Because, because of the time constraints, exactly. If we had just right. eased into this a little smoother, we have a time machine. If we mess it up, can't we just go back in the time machine and redo that whole thing? Yeah, do-over. Let's yeah. do a do-over. We screwed up, right. do-over. Back bad. in the DeLorean, everyone. Buckle up. we got to reset. Well, that's one of the stupid fan theories that I read where, like, when, when Michael J. Fox is in that tunnel on that hoverboard and he's about to be run over, and it's like, well, how did Doc know to get to the end of the tunnel and to drop that, you know, thing? Oh, of yeah. Little, little flag thing. Triangles. Yeah. yeah triangles. triangles. <laughs> and, you know, people are saying, like, well, Doc has done this so many times and he's seen Marty die so many times and he just keeps going back and trying this again and again. I don't think that's true. Which is kind of a fun theory, but it doesn't no. make sense with what you're saying, Carl, is that he's constantly in a hurry. Like, the stakes are strangely so low to this time travel movie until Biff gets the almanac. So we get introduced to Griff Tannen when we get to the future. Now, now Griff is Biff's grandson. Is he a cyborg? Uh, he seems to be, yeah. Yeah, he like grows by a, a foot or something. So what, what Griff Tannen, Biff's grandson, does, he's on the screen for like five minutes. He breaks every law imaginable in broad daylight. He's assaulting people. He's destroying property. And nobody seems to give a shit. No. 
And I was thinking, I'm like, are there no police in 2015? Because they don't really explain it. Right, right. But then, of course, Jennifer gets found by the cops. You're like, okay, so there are cops somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lady cops. Those cops are great where they're like, fuck, man, she's like passed out. She must be some sort of drug addict. Oh, we got to take her back to garbage town. This place is Oh, yeah, they live in a trash. Great. Hill Valley becomes Wonderful cops. Fantastic. Let's keep this in mind now. So Griff Tannen is breaking every law possible along with his little gang of thugs. Right. And they're, they're ready to beat everybody up. And now they're mad at Marty, who they think is Marty Jr. Right. And right. so they're chasing him down. He's got a giant baseball bat. And his plan is to murder this guy in broad daylight <laughs> in, in the center square of the town. Like, everyone's going to see this. Yep. He fails at that and gets arrested for something else. I think he would have gotten in more trouble had he connected <laughs> with Marty's head with the baseball bat. Like, what his plan was. Right, right. Which was to, yeah. Now, and then wasn't there, Doc is very insistent that they don't see their selves in this. But yes. he, uh. They they interact. They're under the the at the cafe eighties or whatever, which is its oh, own yeah. little I, thing with the. And Jamie, the worst part of this whole movie is <laughs> later on when Doc talks to Doc. Yes. And, yes. and, and the other Doc doesn't recognize <laughs> he's talking to himself. Well, because his back he's is sort of facing him. You know, you, you wouldn't recognize yourself with your back. They're standing same voice. right next to each other. And they don't even have the trippy weird voice like this guy, like the Michael J. Fox is doing the right. weird. Like this is same voice. You got the same hair, same everything. I'm just not going to look directly at you and you'll know that I'm not the spitting image of you. That that part made no sense. It went, it went against everything that Doc Brown says to do. Yeah. Like, why are you becoming in contact with this guy? And then he helps him with the, the right yes. screwdriver. Like, none of this makes sense. And he has a little he private chuckle. That. Like, yeah, maybe we will see each other again in the future. <laughs> in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was talking earlier about how characters have to explain to the audience what's happening. Yes. The first time this happens, it might not even be the first time, when he gets on that hoverboard and then goes across the water and stalls out, Yeah. you have Griff or one of his goons literally tell the audience, hoverboards don't work on water unless you have power. And I'm right. like, why are you saying? That? Like, it's just so we as the audience know why he can't move forward. Yeah, and there is. Yeah. There's a little body of water right there in the town center. But it's so odd to me that he's uh, a leap away from the getting back <laughs> on land. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Literally, he could just <laughs> jump, hold on to the... Yeah, but he just kind of hovers But there. he hovers there. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not sure what his game plan was or what he thought was going to happen. Like, just get your feet wet. It's fine. Yeah. You, and, <laughs> you and, well, he didn't know yet what his jacket could do, because his jacket dries right. him off yeah. and makes him all, like, fine. But, yeah. Yeah, I have a feeling that man-made pond isn't eight feet no. deep. Right. Right. Like, you I think you dip your toe in and, and grab out. the hoverboard and just take a couple steps and you'll be okay. Do you want to talk about how many things they get wrong for 2015? There's, like, everything they get wrong. Oh, so, yeah. So, first off, this, this 80s nostalgia bar for some reason has Ronald Reagan as Max Headroom on all of the screens, yeah. like asking you for your order and stuff, which is and weird. Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, and Michael Jackson. Jackson. giving you the specials. And, and the, yeah, the Ayatollahs there too. Yeah, like that was all funny. Max Headrooms. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so what's what's really interesting about this is here you have this video game. They didn't realize that because of emulators and because of barcades, every kid knows every single video game that was ever made yeah. and knows how to play <laughs> yeah. them. Like, there, there's like barcades here. I'm sure there are where, where you guys live too, yeah. where there's children there all day long playing games that I played or actually were, I'm too, uh, I'm too young for, like I didn't even play these games when they came out and there's, there's 11 year olds playing them. So they got that completely wrong. Yeah. 
It, it was as if like 30 years of the future, no one will even know what the 80s was. We <laughs> right, hear right. about this well, time. Well, there's just the one the cafe 80s. that represents it. There's just the one ca- little yeah. cafe that represents it. That's all they've got. With, with one video game cabinet in the entire yeah. establishment. I love it. You know what? They were they were pretty close with the Cubs winning the World Series. Yeah, they're up by, 20, off by 2014? 2016, they actually won. 2016. Ah. And, okay. all right. and when they showed the banner thing, and they're like, Cubs win the World Series. And Mario's like, wow, no way. And it, they, they beat Miami. Mm-hmm. And the guy yeah. goes, yeah, can you believe it? And he goes, I meant Miami, which is not true because he responded to the Cubs winning the World Series. So that was not shot correctly. And then right. Miami actually is a team now. So, again, another thing that they got right, that there is a Miami baseball everything. team. Self-drying jackets. They got everything right. <laughs> oh, well, okay. I know, besides the flying cars and all this other shit, right. the, uh, the paper in this future is so bizarre. When he buys the sports albanac, they talk about how this was made before dust repellent paper was invented. I don't remember that. They said that before I, dust repellent paper? Yes. Yes. I picked up on that because the lady's like, if you're into dust, I have this other thing and that's I, called the dust buster. Oh, oh, I do what remember mentioning the dust, dust buster. <laughs> but I just thought that was so funny because he buys this book and they're talking about how, like, you know, paper it wasn't as good back then as it is now. And then when you go to his future home, everything's a fax machine. Oh, yeah. Every yeah, yeah. single room has fax well, machines in it and faxes are coming out everywhere it's like they thought faxes were like the future yeah. like everyone's gonna have tons of fax machines <laughs> they'll be faxing everyone that's all the how time. they're gonna do it that's how they're gonna do it <laughs> that's amazing i do i do love how if you get fired they can shame your entire family by just having it sent to multiple rooms but what i do have to say carl is i did appreciate that she talked about dust so much because at the time i was like why is this woman talking about dust? Yeah. But she talks about how it has a dust jacket, right? Which protects the mm. book from dust. Which later that makes sense because the nudie mag is stuck in the dust jacket. Like it's it's one of those dumb things I never really been, thought yeah. about before. But I appreciate that they actually did that. Yes, yeah. that had to be written in because it does yeah. bring the plot forward later on. Right now, yeah. let's talk about the sports almanac. This is a a paper thin book. It looks like a comic book right. would look. <laughs> It's and it, so small. And it happens to have everything that happened in professional and collegiate sports for 50 years. And not just scores. It says on the front cover, complete sports statistics. For 50 I could not believe years. It's how probably small, in like, the like, smallest I, print. That's all that it is. I it's in the tiniest print. Tiny you say was. that, Jamie, but at a certain point, Biff from 1955 is driving his car listening oh, to the yeah, radio, he's hearing the scores. That's right. Grabs the book, finds the page, immediately goes, holy shit. These are the scores of the games. No need for an index or anything like that to check what year, where are we, what. Very yeah. easy to find the scores in there. So they must be pretty big font, I would imagine. I don't know. <laughs> Could be wrong. It's it's absolutely wild. Now, is there such so, a thing? This might be dumb of me yeah. to ask, but like there's a farmer's almanac. But is there such a thing as a sports almanac? Is is there? You can I, find, you things, can like find this. things like okay, because I know there's yeah. a far, okay dumb question, but I have I, to know. I have never seen, and they're usually specialized where it's like you like know base, fifty years okay. of baseball right. stats. Like I've never seen anything which is every sport: boxing, golf, football. Like there's oh, no way. Forget about that, that. Anything like this has been made. Doug, forget about that. Like you think there's tons of baseball games, tons of basketball, yeah. NHL, horse racing. Yeah, horse racing <laughs> happens. <laughs> Thousands of times a day, every day, right. there's horse racing going on. And this thing has every single result in there. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> it's really great. It's good. So for good some stop. reason, why why does Doc go get Einstein? Like, why does he take time out to go get Einstein? I I didn't really. Maybe it was mentioned, but I didn't understand why. No, he Einstein shows up just with sort Einstein. of appeared to me. I didn't know that there was a reason why, except I don't know. I think it's a cute dog, right? People yeah. like cute dogs in movies. Yeah. Be my Is guess. it just so we're like, wow, Einstein's still alive? That's that's absolutely yeah, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think of any other reason because Einstein does not play a factor no. in this movie no, at no. all. No. Hey, big deal in the first one. It does nothing here. Um, so Although, now that I think about it, Einstein was in yeah. the, the time machine. And when Biff steals the time machine and then goes and oh, however yeah. long it takes him and then comes back, like, what was Einstein doing that whole time? Oh, yeah. He had to be Whoa. in the time machine. I didn't even think. I didn't even think about, about that. that but you're right. You're right. Because it's not like Einstein interacted with like. Because they showed that other dog getting walked by a, uh, which I wish I could do, uh, some dog being walked by a machine yeah. or something, a robot or something. And yeah. Einstein doesn't even interact with the other dogs. He was in the time machine when Biff took it, huh? I don't. So I, I don't know. I don't know. So that's, Doc yeah. explains after he's made it so that Jennifer's unconscious because she's asking too many questions about their wedding. <laughs> Which is like, he could have <laughs> tried shut up first. Yeah. Like, what? One of his first thought was everybody shut up <laughs> instead of I'm just going to knock her out. Yeah. Which is a bad idea because then he doesn't knock out uh, Marty Jr. long enough because of that. But right. then they just leave her by a uh, pile of garbage. The police pick her up. Yeah. And I was wondering, yeah. again, why wouldn't he leave her in the car? Why does she have to be left outside by the garbage? I don't know. There's, there's no reason for any of this. That's what I mean. The fact this that plot is so flawed. It's and so they don't stupid. even try to hide her, like, amongst the trash. Like, let's cover her up. He just kind of lays her down on the, in the trash. And even Marty's like, Are you, is this is this okay? And Doc's like, yeah, it, we won't be gone long. She's they, Ladies do this all the time in the future. They just lay amongst the dump, and it's right. fine. And I love how the cop's reaction is like, well, I don't know. I guess we should just take her back to her house. Like, is that what, is that what you do? Well, like they could ID across... her now and with her thumb, right. and instantly the ID tells them, I guess that she's not, even does like blood work. She's not drunk. She's not. She's just kind of passed out, and where she lives. So yeah, they're just gonna <laughs> politely take her back home. And um... oh, with all with all due respect, Jamie, Doug, the answer is no. <laughs> what the police will do is they'll bring you to the precinct, where then your family has to come and get you. They don't give people free rides back to their house, and they even mention how far it is. They're like, oh my God, it's going to be nightfall by the time we get there. Like That's not what their job is, to give people rides, because they've ended up somewhere they're not supposed to be. But she was clear they... through her thumbprint. If she, in her thumbprint, I'm guessing, in the future, it, your thumbprint reveals so much, right? So if in her thumbprint, it came up like oh she's she's fucked up or she's done some crimes or then maybe take her to the precinct but she's just somebody just left this lady by the trash and she's just sleepy we gotta bring her it's home her thumbprint said she did some crime i like that do you think these cops were pissed off when they got that newspaper they were like god damn it we were so close to town hall yeah. and we had to drag this lane. We could have been in the paper. We could have given statements. We could have been on the local news. Yeah, but it's also a bunch of paperwork and shit that I want to deal You're with. Right. They're, no, that's, they're that's probably avoiding that at all costs. Like, hey, look, there's a passed out drunk. Let's go, talk, let's go yeah. figure out what her deal is. So Marty gets this almanac, yeah. like we said, and he throws it in the tr or doc throws it in the trash because doc's like we can't go back we can't you know go to the future for gains or anything p.s where did doc get all that money at one point but it doesn't matter well so this is the best part because 
he buys the almanac because he wants to go back in time and bet on sports, which is actually a brilliant idea on Marty's sure. uh, part. And so Doc, in front of Biff, after they watch Jennifer get taken back to the house, and this is a major event because the whole universe can be destroyed over this. This is a big problem. Mm-hmm. But then he decides to give him one last lecture. He looks at him and he says, I didn't invent the time machine to win at gambling. Yeah. <laughs> I invented it to travel through time. And he throws it in the garbage right in front of Biff so that Biff witnesses all this and goes, like, they should have just put a light bulb over Biff's head. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. I could also do this. It was like, it was so stupid they had to lecture him one more time. Everything in this movie is for children. It's so obvious. This is all, yeah, yeah, this is all baby shit. Like, I mean, the amount of times where characters are just hiding behind, like, garbage cans <laughs> or behind cars just, just like, listening to other characters their head up talk. where they don't need to be. Old Biff with his hunchback can just appear places with that cane. Like, what? Where'd you say? Where are you? So then they get back to the house, or they get to the house. They're following the cops right. there because they got to pick up Jennifer from 1985 before she sees yeah. herself. Right. right. And I love that they got so many things wrong, but they did predict the prevalence of transgender children. <laughs> That's one of the first, one of the first things <laughs> you see too. is uh, a guy who's obviously transitioned to become a woman <laughs> who's also a teenager is one of their kids. I love it. I wanted to see more of Mikey J dressed in drag. That was not <laughs> enough. Was he does a couple of hair flips. He does a lovely little <laughs> falsetto voice. And I wanted more of it. What was the point it's of that? so bizarre and upsetting. Just, just let Elizabeth Shue play the daughter. What was the point yes. of that? Why do they all have to look like Michael J. Fox? It is, like I said, I think this is just to give him more stuff to do in this movie. Like, he is playing that stupid son, and they do have him play his daughter for just a hot minute. Like, it is, it's so strange and it's so bizarre. But we do see, because now um, Jennifer's running around and trying to hide because she realizes, you know, she remembers she's in the future. And suddenly the grandparents show up. And the Crispin Glover clone threw his back out. So he's floating upside down. I think that was a way for them to kind of hide that it wasn't Crispin. (laughs) They're like, well, well, if we hang him upside down, then we can't really get his face in a lot of shots, and he's upside down, so it's really tricky. <laughs> but yeah, that's something you if do. We, when if you're... we invert him and like take on makeup yes. with a trowel on here, there's no way anybody will right. notice. Okay, yeah. good point. For some reason, so Jennifer's overhearing the conversation with the grandparents, right? And for some reason, at this exact moment, the grandmother has to explain everything that Marty McFly did wrong did in it. his life. Right. This, we, this whole we, thing. She with, basically just talks shit on this yes. guy. Like, let me just let me just tell you why he's such a loser. Car accident. Yeah, that's part of it. But also, he's kind of just a loser. <laughs> so, so yeah. So three or four times in this movie, main characters, I guess the audience, just happen to yeah. stumble upon all of the information that they might need to understand what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Which in any other movie would be ridiculed and you, you'd throw it away. You'd be like, this movie is garbage. It's so poorly written. But Back to the Future gets away with it. That's why I'm so fascinated <laughs> by this movie. We can all agree it does everything wrong. It does everything wrong and yet it's still great. Why is that? There is a time where a 13 year old Doug would have told you that this is better than the original. Oh, and kids are idiots. Pe- I will people tell you, still kids say that stupid. today. Yeah, like, Back to the Future do. 2 is the best one. Yeah. I still hear that all what? the time. Like, Back to the Future is a perfect movie. Back to the Future 2 is, is hot garbage compared to the first one, but it is a lot more fun. It is a lot more that fun. It is wild that people would say that this is great. I was very, like, again, I have not seen this since I was a kid. Yeah. But I was amazed. At every turn, everything that was happening, I knew the broad strokes. But, like, 
like yeah. you said, every time a character is just dumping backstory and exposition, I was like, this is so unnecessary. I'm not an idiot. I can put this all together in my head. So at this point in the movie, Marty, who's supposed to be watching the time machine, just starts walking lazily and clumsily towards the house. Well, which he's, he's told not to. He's curious. He's just curious. Yeah. Sure. Which then, of course, when Doc sees him, he's like, Marty, get over here. Yeah. So again, <laughs> Doc's all over the place with his instructions. <laughs> I just don't, I, I also don't understand how excited Jennifer and Marty are about all of this. About like, oh my God, I married my high school sweetheart. First of all, that's kind of sad. That is. And then like, oh, I live in the same place, like basically where I grew up. Like, this is so depressing. And Marty's like, I got to check out this neighborhood. I got to see where I live. This is, I, I guess I'm a rock star. No, you're not a rock yeah. star. Look around you. This is not the life of a rock star. This is not where a rock star lives. No. Hilldale's a rough neighborhood now. Yeah. yeah, like you're marrying your high school sweetheart. Elizabeth Shue is over the moon about this, but even the car Marty seems upset that they got married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we talked about it when we talked about the first one. Mikey J, Claudia Wells, or Elizabeth Shue, you are punching so far above your weight. Like, just be happy about this. <laughs> all right. I, I won't comment on that. I don't know how that one all works. All right, okay. Doug's got that one all figured out. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you think about the Marty McFly character, this guy has to be the coolest guy to ever exist. He's an amazing skateboarder. He's a, an amazing guitarist. He's the coolest guy. He always knows the right thing to say. I don't know. I, I think that he can get any chick he wants, but man, what do I know? No, and I think that was kind of, and Jamie, you can let me know because it was a year ago that we talked about it. I think that was something we had a problem with is that he seems cool in his own mind, but we never really get any evidence of that. That's true. That he, does, he is cool. He does ever. hang out with like a, a weirdo. <laughs> like yeah, he hangs out with Doc. That's his only friend. <laughs> that, is, so, that is a good yeah. point. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, good, that is a little bit weird. Present day, older, in his 40s, Michael J. comes in wearing two ties. Double tie. Right? It's, okay. it's a futuristic oh, another thing. thing. They got wrong. It's like it should have been zero ties and everyone's got two ties now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, sport coat with jeans. That's what he should right. have been wearing. Yes. He's also, he talks to Flea, who is Needles, yeah. Yeah. on, you know, his gigantic wall TV or something. And... What has happened? Did either of you pay attention to what's happening here? Because I don't know what Flea's trying to get him to do. I don't know why he's fired. I, all I know is that he's so stupid and is a pushover because you can kind of just call him a chicken to make him do whatever you want him to. Well, that's the bottom line. It must be something everybody knows. You call this guy a chicken and he'll he'll cave. He'll do whatever <laughs> you need him to do. Just say that, that word. And he's like, all right. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. He just, it seems like there's just a shady deal he wants him to agree to do. Calling him chickens the way to solidify that he does it. Again, this is a, this is a movie for children, so they didn't even try to come up with something that was specific or no. reasonable. Right. No, he's just not like, laundering money. He's not. Yeah, he's just. Right. I do like though. I thought it was interesting. So while Flea or while uh, Needles is on the phone, um, it, all of his stats come up, like his his name, <laughs> his, his who he's married to, his likes, his dislikes. Yeah, all these little stats come up about him. Um, his address, his wife, all of this is coming up on the call. Even his political affiliation, yeah. which I had a problem with. I'm like, I don't need to, when I'm on a call with someone, why are they looking at what party I've registered with? That doesn't make any sense. This is the future. These are. This is the knowledge that's right there on your on your eyeballs for you. What kind of food they like. So Needles like steak and Mexican food. I don't know if you picked up on that. I did not. 
And then, and then the boss, the Japanese guy who fires him right after that call, he doesn't like Mexican food. <laughs> no, he doesn't like Mexican food or beer. But or I beer. did to say, Carl, you can go onto Facebook and look yeah, at that's what it affiliation me of. and likes yeah. and dislikes all and right. all that nonsense. Good point. That's why I don't go on Facebook, apparently. Yeah, that's totally so, what it reminded me of. I'm like, okay, well, they got a little bit of the future mixed in there or the accuracy here of that. So while Marty is getting fired for being a dummy yeah. biff steals the time machine yep. and knows how to work it this is never explained everyone's <laughs> no. just like yeah that makes sense jump in a time machine fly back to 1955 come back no worries Got and he it. knew where to go he knew which guy to get he knew yeah he backs it up a little messy for, at first it's like when you first yep. get in a car that's not yours like wait how do we oh okay and then he gets off to the future with apparently einstein as far as we know. Okay. But it appears to be easier than driving stick. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Yes. It's, it's, it's amazing. First of all, they leave. I love how I guess Doc left the keys in it, but Marty even just leaves the door yeah. open. Yeah, right. So he really does just in a shady in neighborhood. Right. Yeah, it's really smart to do that. Yes. Here, here's the other thing, and this is dumb stuff that shouldn't really matter if we're talking about a time travel movie. But then he comes back. And shouldn't the future be changed based on him giving himself the almanac? Like when he gets back, because they don't, nothing changes for them at all until they go back to the present time. All right. So that, if he did this, it should change, right? That is the first thing with continuity with time travel that they fuck up. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent agree. Also, why in the fuck does he bring the time machine back to where he found it? Why does he care? Why would he possibly care about bringing it back? Does it do that automatically, though? Is that something that does automatically? I don't no, understand how it works. No, because they, they have a hard time getting back all the time. Oh, because maybe he had his own business dealings to, to finish up back where he was. But he didn't, have, like... to, he didn't have to park it. He didn't have to park it where he parked it. He had to take a cab out to get it oh, there. Oh, that's right. He could have he fold that thing back to his house. Like, why did he feel the need to bring it back to them so they wouldn't know that he took it? Like, what's the difference at that point? Who cares? Right. What's, the, yeah, what's the difference? Why not just trap those two idiots in the future? Right. Right. Don't bring it back at all. Yeah, just yes. go through it. Take advantage. Yeah, the almanac is what you need. You now have a time yeah. machine. Just <laughs> right. <take that. laughs> so, and it's funny too because Biff is what we call a one-dimensional character. Mm. Right. He's all bad. You know, he's just a bad yeah. guy all the yeah, time. There's no kindness. No, there's no nuance to it. So it doesn't make any sense that all of a sudden this guy's like, all right, I'm going to be really sneaky and bring this back because I want them to get back to their homes <laughs> right. in right. 1985. Okay. I don't want to be an asshole about this. Like, I just want to make some money. That's all I'm interested in. So then they fly back to 85, right? And this is great because everything looks out of whack as soon as they get there. Yeah. And they right. leave Jennifer on her porch. And Doc says, <laughs> don't worry, she'll be fine. This is the same Doc who made every error in judgment yeah. in our all life. day today. All day. When yeah. we've been in the future, he's done everything wrong. They left her by garbage. That was a mistake. Everything they've done has been wrong. He didn't knock out the can and all this shit. And nope. he's like, ah, she'll be fine here. Well, but even that, Marty's like, I don't remember bars on the windows. Like, he doesn't right. even, it's just like, <laughs> Don't I worry mean, about it. It's I, fine, Marty. <laughs> like, at no point. And then we see Doc drive Marty to his house, and he drives basically through garbage town. Yeah. And at no point, like, Marty still gets out and is like, well, all right, I guess I'm home. This is super cool and everything. 
But then the reason we know that this is such a terrible place now is because there's black people oh. in this house. <laughs> like it's, it's horrible. Because like you couldn't just make this some sort of you know skinny white tweaker pad or something. Yeah. You had to introduce black people into this movie just to make it seem horrible. It's it's really awful. I didn't even pick up on that. That's a good point. So yes. they are they're in a dystopian wasteland. It's like Mad Max all right. of a sudden. There's no laws. Every man for himself. There's police cars. They're just trashed on the side of the road, and there are gangs going around opening fire on houses. It looked yeah. like Chicago in like yesterday. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's it's absolutely wonderful. I do love how he's just walking, and we just see him walk by a car on fire. <laughs> this car's on fire. The car on fire. Nothing else happening. It's, it's literally a war zone. Mister Strickland, yeah. the principal, yeah. has a uh, a rifle, and he's got like that thing, like that Chewbacca thing with all the. Like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like I said, Chewbacca thing. That was the first thing I thought <laughs> yeah, of. Like a bandolero? All right. Um, and, and, so, and so he's just like opening fire of people on the street and everything. Now, let's keep in mind what's changed from the yeah. 1985 we all knew to this new 1985 is one guy made money. Yeah. <laughs> one guy won some sports bets. And now laws have changed. Like there's just like a war zone in the middle of America. How does this make any sense? Why would this happen? One of my favorite things is Strickland, like you said, he's wearing the bandolero and everything like that. And Marty says something to him about, like, aren't you the principal? And he's like, the school burned down six yeah. years ago. And I'm like, does that mean schools can't? Yeah, like, kids what does don't that even mean? get an no education in this dystopian <laughs> chaos. Yeah, It's amazing. But we see that Biff has a giant casino called Pleasure Paradise. Should be a strip club. He's, like we talked about very early on, he's got this Biff museum and everything. And we see his goons. I do like how his goons, like, went up with him. Like, how he kept his stupid high school friends and, like, brought those guys with him. And they also look like... Like Elvis's entourage. I just love how these guys look. It's amazing. And they basically then find Marty and bring him up to uh, Biff's pet house. Real quick, though, just I want to point out the foreshadowing. They have to go back and show Biff's grandfather from the Wild West. And don't they oh, have, like, yeah. video footage of him or something? <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it is wild. <laughs> because it's like, and way back in 1885, I'm like, who? What? Why is this part of this video? That's how you it all fast started. You from 1885 <laughs> to the 50s. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that was it just is dumb great too that. Biff, like, dated Marilyn Monroe. Oh, yeah, they've got I all just, those I images. I found that yeah. so amusing. Yeah. But he dated all these famous women, but what he, who he really wanted was uh, Lorraine. Yeah, so we do the gag with basically the first movie where he's knocked out and he wakes up to Leah Thompson taking care of him. And as three people in our 40s, Jamie, do you think we should start talking <laughs> like this for the podcast? I don't know what Leah Thompson's doing. Like, what instructions she was given to talk like a 40-something-year-old. But it's horrible. <laughs> she also looks like she's 70. I know. I realize that she's an alcoholic yeah. and things aren't going well for her. Right. But they life. overdo the makeup to make people look older. And all of these, yeah. all of these people are well overdone. Even when Elizabeth Shue or Jennifer is 30 years older, she looks 50 years old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's 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 absolutely awful. Uh, so he wakes up and uh, suddenly sort of gets an idea or realizes what's going on in that his mom is now married to Biff mm-hmm. and so on. And I love Biff's idea of just being, like you said, such a weirdly comical villain. Like the idea of punishing a woman who rebuffed your rape attempt in high school by marrying her and like locking her into this passionless swamp of a marriage. I, I just find that and, so evil and, and her husband too. Let's not yeah, forget he that. Exactly. Yeah, he shot her husband. That's how it started. <laughs> I know. Jamie, how would we know that her husband was murdered unless she gives us this giant info dump Again. as to what happened because apparently her son forgot everything. Yeah, he, well, yeah. She's like, what Oh, they must have hit you on the head really hard this time because they hit him on the head a lot, I guess. And so, yeah, because of that, she's got to give him the history of uh, how his father's been dead now for 12 years. At this point, now that Marty's seeing what's going on, he meets up with Doc again, who's also figured out what's going on. And this is the part of the movie that I got angry at because (laughs) they treat the audience like we're the dumbest dummies they once again. Oh, you think so? Yeah, think because so? really, yeah, because Biff <laughs> had to leave not only the bag and the receipt for the sports almanac in the time machine, but also part of his cane. Oh, right, already, the head of the cane. He's already pieced together what happened here. Yeah, like this is super obvious, and they have to like yeah. keep looking at different evidence. Like, well, plus there's this, and then of course they show like he made money from sports gambling. Like, yeah, okay, we know we watched the video. Right, and then. To really drive it home, like you were saying, Jamie, they take the magnifying glass and they look at the newspaper clipping, and there's that sports almanac hanging out of the guy's pocket when he won his first million dollars. Like, oh, he's gonna <laughs> use the almanac. I thought maybe he just brought it to him. Oh, 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 oh. It's so stupid. Like they've already explained everything, then they explain it all again. Yeah. And then they get out the chalkboard, and they're like, by the way, so 1985 is different now because yeah. like, yes, we know. <laughs> Who is this? For who would not know this by now? We just need to make it very clear. It's also crazy too because <laughs> all this exposition and all this just over and over and just reiterating stuff we just saw. This is the shortest of these three movies, which I found amazing. Like yeah. when I finished this and I looked at the runtime of the rest, I was like, "How is this nonsense the shortest one?" I was amazed. Oh, West for a longer time. He gets. Th- that's the longest. Oh boy. One. So again, Jamie, as you were talking about before, they're showing all these newspaper articles, and and the one is that Marty's dad was murdered, and then the other one was that Doc Brown was committed, and all that means is that he really is insane, because nothing should have happened to Doc Brown. He's not a part of this at all. Like, he should have just been living his life, and also, not for nothing, but if this town gets run down and it's so terrible, move away. Yeah, just get out of town. Just leave. Is he keeping you here? Is Biff keeping you all here? Is that part of it? Marty says to Doc, he's like, all right, I'm going to go to Biff, and I'm going to find out when he got this exactly. And I love how he goes up to his office and he has this conversation, and he mentions the manure truck, and Biff's like, what? Wait, what? Who told you about that? And Marty goes, my father. And Biff's reaction is, your your father told you? (laughs) And Marty goes, yeah, before he died. And I was like, did Biff think there was like a ghost that Marty's been talking to? Like, it's amazing how relieved he looks when Marty says, yeah, before, yeah, before he died. died. Yeah, wait, wait, are you communicating with your dead dad? Is, right. What is happening? Really? 
Well, I love it, though, because, yeah, Marty decides he's going to go talk to Biff, and he has, like you said, it's another one of those expositions. He has no problem getting the information oh. out of Biff about how. He's like, I'm going to find out how he got this book and, and what. Yeah. And Biff just is like, all right, got to talk about this book to this guy. Whores, he gives him way goodbye. too many details. Way too many details. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's such a James Bond villain. Like, let me lay all this out right before I'm going to kill you. But right. he does... He shoots at him. He chases him onto the roof. Biff's reaction when he thinks Marty jumped off this building is so great. Yeah. I was just like, what? Huh? Yeah. What? I, can't, I can't believe that. But he's been saved by Doc. And now they know exactly when to go back. I guess the day of the dance let in me, 1955. Yeah. Let me back up. Back, back up yeah. real quick because there's a part. Sure. There's no. a scene here. Mm. So Marty McFly is getting shot at. With yeah. a gun. Yes. Kind of scary, right? He's right. like running away from him and he's getting shot Should at. Be. So then when he sees the docks there with the flying time machine, he jumps off onto the hood, which you don't hear. Fine. And then <laughs> yeah. Biff is still there with a the handgun wanting <laughs> to murder this guy. And when they fly back up, He's looking such a smug, arrogant prick. He's like, yeah, look at me now, bitch. Yeah. He's lucky he didn't get shot. Because if, yes. if I was Biff, I would have just shot him in his smug face. Yeah. And be like, all right, now yeah. you're dead, dummy. Congrats. Yeah, like, why did you do that? Why would you possibly, why would you just stand there like in a little asshole? Yeah, I'm so amazed he didn't shoot him, but he does get knocked out by the Because he's on DeLorean a floating door. car. He's on the DeLorean. That's why. <laughs> he's like, what are you going to do with me now? Huh? That's what's so amazing about the character that is Marty McFly is the guy is a superhero. He is an amazing hoverboarder and yeah. musician, and he always knows what to do, and he gets out of all these jams. But if you call him chicken, he'll yeah, ruin his exactly. life. exactly. He's got that <laughs> one thing. Sense. He's got that one thing. <laughs> Why not? It's just one yeah. it's, it's, like crypt, it's literally kryptonite. It's, and it's nobody like ever tries that. to talk him out of it, like his mom or his wife. They're right. like, you know what? It just let it go. It's You're not a chicken, and they know that. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not, listen, just, sit down. You're not a chicken. <laughs> they're just and trying that, to get a rise out of you. Just And that chill. scene is such a slow reveal, too. It's not like the car like jumps right up. No. It yeah, is like this slow back, moving. Yeah. Like, you see him come right, yes. right up. <laughs> he does. So they do go back to the past, and they hide behind the billboard again with the car and everything like that. And uh, as I sort of alluded to before, I love how Doc, like, I don't know how much this guy has been traveling through time. I don't know how often he's using this time machine. Because even when they go back to the present, the Biff present, yeah. I love how Doc's like, yeah, uh, I better go dismantle this thing. And I'm like, you're not dismantling that. You're just telling this idiot kid because he screws everything yeah. up. Like, He's been traveling through time for I don't even know how long at this, this point. Because he doesn't have he's any got friends. Currency. Yeah. <laughs> yes. right. He's got currency throughout, I don't know, centuries here yes. that he can just give him. Um, and when Marty goes back and he's tailing Biff, I so just love that Biff loves fucking with kids. Like, just how oh. he's taking these kids' ball and throwing it on the roof. He knocks a kid's hat out of his hand at one point. Yeah. It's just so fun and evil and stupid. Yeah. yeah it's all, like I said, all just one dimensional. This guy's just a bad yep. guy, just ruining everyone's day as much as he can. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And the way he hits on girls, I mean, it's impressive. I <laughs> wish I had that type of confidence. Wow. Doesn't he just scream yeah, at ladies. her, you're going to marry me someday? Yes. <laughs> after looking yeah. at her dress. Yes. yes. After yep. pulling her dress yes. up. 
Yeah, ladies, if uh, if some dude you go to high school with screams, I'm going to marry you in public, you should just head <laughs> yeah. for the hills. Just leave as soon as you can. Might not work out. So Biff meets his old self, yeah. his yes. young self. Right. And he's rude to him, too. Yeah. Yeah. I do like how earlier Biff's talking about how some old man gave him this almanac, and he's like, I don't know. He said he was related to me. I didn't see any (laughs) resemblance. I do find that That pretty funny. funny. Yeah, that's a good good line. It is kind of fun the way that split screen is used. I mean, we talked about how bad it is when Doc is talking to himself and just how ridiculous it looks. But I guess for the time, this was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. No, it looks good. They pull it off well, for sure. Yeah. So in this scene... Marty is in the back seat of this car. Yeah. So he is witnessing the transaction where he's handing him the book. And we all know as the viewer that he's in the back seat of the car, or do we? Because he has to poke his fucking head up <laughs> as they're talking about it. Hey guys, what's going on over here? Like, dummy, why aren't you hiding still? They're right next to you. They can feel your breath. Yeah, seriously. Later when he's talking on a walkie-talkie yeah. from the yeah. back of the car. Well, like, because he's driving through he's a tunnel. Right he's driving through a tunnel. It's really hard to hear. You don't know what you're really hearing. Yeah. P.S. <laughs> how powerful are those walkie-talkies? Like, I know. I don't even know where Doc is, but there's the connection there. It took him all day to ride his bike to where he yeah. was, but the walkie-talkie <laughs> was able to transmit. Yeah. The walkie-talkie is totally fine. And I do love how Doc is, he basically learned from the first movie. He's like, you know what we need here? Walkie-talkies. Like, it would have been so much easier with that first and movie again, if we just had all these inventions that Doc, Doc invented a time machine. You right. would think that he would be like, this is like a locator device, so I can find you at any time, anywhere. And no, yeah, like, you can talk to me on your watch or something like right. that. But no, I bought these kids walkie yeah, talkies at the store. Yeah. <laughs> Let's open the package. I guess there's batteries already in a man. Biff is skeptical about this old man handing him this book. Yeah. And he goes, all right, old man, whatever. Just leave me alone. Right. So this is one of these uh, instances in the movie where something miraculous happens that could never happen in a million years. He goes, all right, I'll prove it to you. He turns on the radio And they just so happen to find a football game with 18 seconds left to go in the game. (laughs) And for some reason, the announcer says, this game is over. It's 17 to 16. (laughs) And then he goes, you know what? They're going to win 19-17. And Biff's like, what are you talking about? The guy just said it's, it's over. over. Yeah. Why did the announcer say it's over? They were in field goal range. They I kick a field goal and win 19 to 17. And he goes, see? He's like, whoa, how did that happen? <laughs> I, just, I love the idea that a team is lining up for a field goal. And an announcer's like, this is fucking this over. This is over. <laughs> turn this off. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I've Literally, when I and maybe it was different in the 50s, but I watch a lot of football. And they never want to tell you the game is over. They want viewers to, like, hang in there. We'll stay, they right, give up, yes. They give you up 30 points at the fourth. They'll be like, remember back that game in 74 when the Cleveland Browns came back? Like, they're trying to, like, tell you, like, eh, you never like, know. Like, hang out. Yeah, and hang out. These guys yeah. are lining up for a field goal to win the game. And they're like, yeah, I don't think they're going to win. I think this is over. So he does. He finally kind of convinces him to take this. I, I do love how the old uh, Biff does sort of hate the young Biff, which I imagine would be the case. Like, if I met my younger self, oh, yeah. I'd probably hate myself. It's and like, be like, you fucking shit. idiot. Yeah. You're so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like, how he's constantly like, don't lose this. Hold on to it. It's make like a tree and leave. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's really fun that they have this interaction. 
But then when they do leave the garage, they close it and they lock it. And then, of course, Marty is locked in there. But thankfully, he has his walkie-talkie. And Doc, the guy who flies around in broad daylight, is like, I can't come get you. It's daytime <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah. I'm going to find a bike and bike to you. <laughs> We'll be all good. Yeah, I like how he seemed to have purchased a bike and a hat for no reason that he's just going to wear. <laughs> this happens to be the same day from the first movie. It's the Enchantment of the Sea Dance, or is one of my favorite lines when his sister says, the fish under the sea dance. <laughs> we all know. So um, for some reason, they decide they're going to go to a place where Marty McFly is already there. You have all this shit going down. And like we were saying earlier, I would have been like, all right, let's put a pin in it. Let's come back right. tomorrow. Well, we can get the sports <laughs> almanac tomorrow. Let's just keep an eye on him. Maybe right. he leaves at the house. Maybe not. I don't know. Let's let this night happen as it should, <laughs> as it yep. did. Let's not yeah. fuck with this yeah. anymore. Especially because your alternate self is there right. trying to get back to your present. Like, and there's just a lot like of action for your down. alternate self. Like your alternate self <laughs> is, is on stage. Your alternate self is getting in a fight. Like... There's a lot going on. And it was already tense the first time around. Right. <laughs> you know? And they just barely pulled it off. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to fuck with anything. And then Doc right. is talking to Doc, fucking with things, which is, by the way, less believable than time travel. <laughs> that the Docs would not recognize each other. And the Make amount no of times Marty hides, because he hides when he gets here. He hides under the table. He hides yeah. in the principal's office. Like we said before, he hides in the back of the car twice. And it's also, I love how Doc makes it a point to be like, do not find yourself don't yes. interact with yourself and i'm like why his he already traveled here with a time machine like he knows that there is time travel what does it matter if he runs into himself and is like yeah i know you're here doing your thing i'm here doing my thing is it just stupid to be like i'm here for a sports almanac <laughs> like just i know you're just trying to get back in time but i need a sports almanac for some reason don't worry about it i just don't see what the big deal is if you run into yourself if you're already Doug, aware that time travel exists that's a great point if anything they could team up be like hey can yes. you cause a distraction <laughs> right. and what I'll do is I'll grab this sports almanac and we'll both be good. Also, I love that, like, so he has to then save himself because the goons are going to beat him up. I might be getting yeah. ahead of us, but the goons are going to beat him no, up yeah. That's all right. uh, after he gets off stage playing Johnny Be Good. And he's able to knock the goons out with, like, heavy bags. Like sandbags from the from Like sandbags yeah. that, that just weigh things down. So you, like, th this would not knock anyone out. It'd be inconvenience for a moment, maybe. Well, and he even climbs over them then. The other, like, is like, oh, the other Marty climbs <laughs> over them. Like, oh, there they go. And they're just, they're buried. They're, do they're done. Yes. Yeah. No, there, there's two things that could happen with these sandbags. One is it's a minor inconvenience, or he has broken their necks. <laughs> like that's, that's basically it. Well-placed fallen sandbag, yeah. And there's three of them, mind you, so that means that it's... Yeah. And the way these goons run around and chase people... I mean, it's so cartoonish. Yeah. They're yes. such like bumbling fools all the time. Even like the 1985 version and the 55 version, they're just bumbling morons. Yeah. And they are they are shoulder to shoulder yes. all the time. Like there's no let's split up. You get that end. You get the door. Like, yeah. It's like a, it's like a speed situation where maybe a bomb goes off if they get like more than six inches yeah. from one another. 
Yeah, I, I imagine the director's like, all right, look at guys. When this goes to uh, video, we're going to have a four by three aspect ratio. I need you yes. guys to get real tight on me here. I need you guys to get real tight in. Shoulder to shoulder here. So he does manage. Strickland's like getting all boozy in his office. Yeah. Strickland grabbed the sports almanac from Biff or so, we would assume. And Marty has to like sneak into Strickland's office mm -hmm. and everything like that and steal it back. And he does, but sort of realizes that it's a nudie mag and all that great stuff there. And Biff still has the almanac at this point. Yeah. This is why that cover was so important because right. Biff used yes. the sports almanac to hide the fact that he was looking at a nudie mag as someone does when they go to a high school dance. That's what you're, yeah, that's <laughs> what you're checking porn. out when you're sure. a pervert. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. You're looking at your nudie mag and you're dumping booze in the punch. I guess yeah. it's sort of what you're yeah. doing at the same time there. Sure. Why not? But this is where we sort of see, um, we see scenes from the old movie where Biff then does get punched out by George McFly. Oh, right before that, though, for yeah. some reason, Marty, after he, he thought he had the almanac and it wasn't the almanac, right. and he's lost Biff now because he wasn't chasing Biff anymore. He's chasing after Strickland for the what he thinks is the almanac. So he gets on the walkie-talkie <laughs> to Doc, and he goes, I don't know where Biff is. I have no idea. Uh, like, like Doc's gonna know. Yeah, you're you're at a dance. <laughs> Go back to the dance. Look for him. Yeah. There's a parking lot. There's a gymnasium. Yeah. There's two places he could be. And you were already here before. You've already right. kind of been in here before, so you know. Yeah, yeah. he makes this just for college. You were here conservatively up. eight hours yeah. ago. <laughs> conservatively eight hours ago, right. you were here. You know everything that's gonna play out. But this call that he makes to Doc is like. All hope is lost. Yeah, exactly. he, he could be anywhere right now. <laughs> then he looks out the window and there he is. Like, oh yeah, that's right. Never mind. He's right there. Never mind. He, I apologize. He could be anywhere. You know where he lives. Yeah. You were at his house earlier. You know where his car is parked, for Christ's right. sake. Go wait by there. He'll come back. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> so, so he does. Biff gets punched out. Marty goes over and starts yelling that he knows CPR and everything. There's who is the character <laughs> that screams actor? five times? Just there, like yelling. I think he took CPR? his wallet. I think he took, took his, his wallet. wallet. He says it like five times. That's one of the best characters in the movie. That guy. I think hilarious. it's absolutely hilarious yeah. how this guy's like, "This is my ticket to stardom." He, he looks at the camera directly taken, too for one of them. Yeah, he may have taken a gigantic wallet out of this guy's jacket pocket. I mean, it, it is a funny scene yeah. for sure because they yeah. come back to it later, where he's like, "I think I, I took your wallet." When yeah. he wakes up, <laughs> and then he looks back at his he goes, "I think he took his wallet." <laughs> it's just it's so ridiculous and funny. That's it's a great part. Wonderful. So then he himself, like, he hits himself with the door, and then Biff sees that he took the almanac from him, and Biff manages to get it back. And once again, Biff jumps in his car, and it appears that all hope is lost. Wait, hold on. Before that, though. Yeah. Before that, Marty is has the almanac, and he's going to be met on the roof by Doc, and the mission is over. Mission accomplished. Oh, yeah. We did it. I did it. Yeah. And yeah. Biff calls him a chicken. And this character who's, who's rational in every other thing that he does in life, as I've, I've brought up already, yeah. Is at this point where it's like you're out of there. And by the way, you get over on Biff. You know how this all plays out. Right. This guy is waiting on you hand and foot 30 years from now. He's detailing yep. your car. And he can't take this. He's like, you just call me a chicken and decides to get his fucking ass kicked 
and losing. It makes no. I mean, this part of the movie, it's like no. when when you have like these these devices like this, it's lazy writing. What is the, the chicken trigger? Writing. What is the trigger it's there? What, what it's has so happened? It's so stupid. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why anyone would be triggered by that. It's it runs very deep. But you're right, Carl, because it's not like. I mean, it would be different if he has him cornered or something. Right. And it's like, come on, now let's fight. They, he does challenge they him could to have, fight. He's like, let's fight right now. And Marty's like, no, you're not worth it. Yeah. Turns to walk away yes. and then has to come back because he calls him yep. a chicken. Yeah, you're right. Doug, they didn't have to do that. Like, they didn't need that device right there. It could have been no. like he couldn't get away from him without fighting him or something. And instead, yeah. he makes a very irrational decision to turn around and fight this guy. <laughs> so it, is, it has been... Probably the same amount of time since I've seen the third one. Is this chicken stuff just leading up to some gunfight that happens in the third one because he calls him a chicken? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. I mean, I could have seen that come. <laughs> yes. I just wanted to make sure. All right. Such the an exasperated yes. 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 Still not even yes. worth it. Why? Who took the hoverboard? Why do they have the hoverboard? Did Marty take the hoverboard and yeah. an almanac back? Yeah. The hoverboard well, was like a sweet little souvenir. Yeah. The, okay. The, so what happened was the almanac Marty didn't take back, as you know, Biff did. Right. Yes. But what happened was he wanted to give the hoverboard back to the little girl, and the little girl stole Biff's. Yeah. Oh, Biff's hoverboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's like, she's like, you can keep it, man. I got this fucking thing yeah. now. <laughs> Which is actually also a pretty funny part. Yeah, so then Marty brings the hoverboard back uh, with him in the DeLorean. So we have this scene where there's a big hoverboard and car scene where Biff's driving his car. The almanac at one point gets stuck outside. It's on the, the windshield. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I got to back up a little bit before yeah. that happens. So you got Biff. He's not in a good mood. He's driving back from the dance. And all of a sudden, Doc comes up behind him. In a floating oh, yeah. DeLorean. <laughs> right uh, yeah. up so close to his, his bumper that Marty's able to get out of the car and just grab Biff's car and start floating yeah. behind it. And this is not detectable. Like he's the only car on the road. <laughs> How does he not see this happen? How does Biff, Biff not looks, see this happen? He looks once or twice in his rear view. Like, is that yes. is that a floating car? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> What's this guy doing? He's kinda yeah. up my ass. I wonder what his deal is. <laughs> So anyway, that, I, I thought like, that was ridiculous. Yeah, mentionable. Like Marty, mentionable. I like how Marty suggests that they ram him, and Doc's like, listen, he's in a 54 Chevy, yeah. and oh. we're in a DeLorean. He'd cut through us like tinfoil. That was funny. I did enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. But it was almost as if like they wrote that in there to be like, well, why wouldn't like people would question, why wouldn't they just yeah. do this? There's so many instances that make no sense. Like, why <laughs> cover your tracks on that one? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right, so anyway, you were well, saying, then, so yeah, now we, now get, we get into the scene where they're in a tunnel, and he's on the hoverboard. Yeah. And, and it's a whole adventure of the hoverboard being, he gets flung around, he gets on, mm -hmm. he's on the back, then he's on the side. He doesn't see the DeLorean, but eventually, out of his side mirror, um, Biff does see him on the hoverboard, and knocks yeah. him out at one time, or, like, kind of elbows him in the face. He's really, Marty's getting the worst of it. Yeah. I do like how Marty decides that uh, he'll be very sneaky and just open the passenger's yeah. door. Yeah, I was just going to say that. just reaches <laughs> And again, like, he's not going to notice that what the fuck no. is happening over there. I, I was just going to say that. He thinks that he's going to be able to grab the, the book <laughs> from right next to Biff by opening the passenger door. There's no urgency at this point, guys. We yeah. don't need to get the book right now. No. Like, they literally should have been like, oh, he's driving back to his house with the book? Sweet. Get him tomorrow. Yeah, he's going to fall asleep at some point, and we'll get the right. book when he sleeps. Yeah. 
does. Yeah, he appears to live with some elderly woman. Yeah, like some they even walk lady, into right. the house and take this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why not it's, put the headphones on his head and uh, pretend to be a space alien like he did? Uh, oh, right. Done yes, that again. <laughs> yeah, I'm Darth Vader. Give me that sports almanac. <laughs> the end. Done. You did it. Yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> but instead, so, he risks yeah. his life and almost dies multiple times. Yeah. Right. That's the, the thing. I'm like, Marty, this is not worth dying over. You have a hoverboard and a time machine. Yeah. You're gonna be fine. You can figure this out. Yeah. Biff, like this, all culminates with Biff again running into a manure truck, mm. and he says, "I hate manure." Well, it falls which into is his the mouth. Worst line of any it, of these. So movies. a piece of large manure is in his mouth, which yes. Oh. But yeah, I hate manure. No, that's what happens. If you're screaming as you're about to hit the manure truck, you have your mouth yeah. open. Who well, knows what can go in there? Yeah. See, I, I liked that line, and I liked the way it was, it was delivered. Because at this point, you got okay. Biff, who you're just rooting against in every single way. He's such an asshole. you've given up, and you're like, whatever, I don't yeah. care. So, yeah, so I, I just enjoyed. I, you know, I, I always enjoy when he gets covered in shit, which, by the way, does happen right. in three as well. Oh, excellent. Spo- spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> the big cart hauled by some some horses. Horses or something, something like that. Probably, yeah. So uh, (laughs) finally, he and Doc get back together, and Doc convinces him to burn the almanac with matches from Biff's casino, which then they as he burns it translates or turns into matches from his auto detailing company. Which I just I love the fact that the the horrible Biff, the the person we're rooting against, like it's kind of nice that a eventually Biff does become like a small business owner. <laughs> like he owns his own <laughs> detailing company. It's kind of sweet. Okay. All right. So I want to, I want to point out a continuity error here. That was also in the first yeah. movie. So if those matches came from that other place, he would not have them. No, they wouldn't exist. They wouldn't oh, exist. Right. And if you remember in the first movie, he has the photograph of him and his brother and sister. Right. And in the photograph, the photograph doesn't disappear, just him and his brother and sister disappear, but there's a photograph of trees. Like, just of a, a blank <laughs> backyard. Like, who took this photo? Yeah. Why does this photo <laughs> even exist? Doesn't also, make any with sense. the photo, and I know you can't do this, wouldn't he be the first one to disappear since he's the youngest? youngest? Like, isn't that the way that that should work? But yeah. That I like, don't know. <laughs> what, it, what it should have been, and this is stupid because now you're you're redoing things from the end of the first one. When Biff runs out of the house, he's like, look at my matchbooks from my detailing business or something. For some reason, Marty should have had one, one of, of those them. packs already. Yeah. Right. And then at one point he looks at it and it suddenly says the name of his casino. But anyway. Okay, yeah, yeah that's a good point. That would have made more sense. So yeah. then then they look at the uh, the newspapers, and the newspapers change yep. like we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. And then Doc, I, for some reason, he couldn't land the DeLorean easily. Did that I make any sense? I don't know what sense? he's doing. I have no idea what he's, he's like, doing right now. All of a sudden, they, they finally got done with the mission. Everything's good. They're ready to go back to the future. He's like, all right, it's going to take me about 20 minutes to land this thing. So hold tight. <laughs> it's, I'll get there it's eventually. It's swirling around in circles in the air. It's like... Like he forgot for a second how to operate yeah, it. Yeah. Can it not fly in rain? No, you flew it in rain earlier. I don't know what's going on with this. But oh, yeah. Biff can land the thing better than Doc can at this point. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> But this all sort of culminates in, in Doc being struck by lightning, the DeLorean struck by lightning, and vanishes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, no. All hope is lost. But thankfully, the dad from Freaks and Geeks shows up <laughs> with a letter. Yeah, because 
for Mark. Yeah. A letter from 1885. And first of all, maybe don't give this 70-year-old letter to a guy in the pouring rain. So like, this <laughs> is the worst thing to do. Why wouldn't he just be like, all right, you're you're uh, Marty McFly. Hop in the car. I got something for you. Instead, he hands in the letter. And Marty's thought is, I'm going to open up this letter in the pouring rain. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which I was... Getting anxious about, like, no, don't do yeah. it. It's gonna get wet. It's gonna <laughs> run. It's gonna run. Don't do that. Yeah. The least big problem would be that the ink would run, but I'm amazed that it didn't, didn't just deteriorate. Right. It's Western Union. Apart. That's thick stuff. It's all good. <laughs> all right. So it's a letter from Doc 70 yep. years previous to let him know that he's. Well, he's he's there in the old west, and I don't know. Figure it out. Everything's fine. Don't worry about me. Dot dot dot. I don't know. Figure it out, Marty. And then something happens, and you guys are movie buffs. I am not. Then something happens. I've never seen in a movie in my entire life. It turns into an advertisement for another movie. For the next one. Yeah. <laughs> I have never seen Has this. any movie no. ever ended with a trailer before? It's amazing. Like, I this movie don't know. Ends, and you're like, yeah. and coming up next really, time. But, but, and they really and say to sort of, be concluded. Like that. Yes, to, to be, be concluded, concluded with the next one. Because like you said, they made them both at the same time. They knew it was happening. But they're so yeah. confident, too, that after watching this craziness, people, and we did, people were going to say, yes, I need that Western conclusion. Yes, I need more. And yeah, I've I've never never seen 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 anything like this. And I didn't know if this was sort of tacked on once this went to video or anything, or if this actually happened in the theaters. I I wasn't sure. I think it was in the theaters. It happened in the theaters. I saw the theaters. They didn't do this in like Lord of the Rings, no. like three of those movies, they made them all at the same time. Like you didn't see a preview at the end of Tacky. No, right? no, because Doug, it's tacky. Yes. It's a very yes. tacky Terribly thing tacky. to do. I can't believe they did that. Yes. It's, it's absolutely horrible. It's it's almost like they were like, you know, these people waited so long for a second one. When we kind of teased it out at the, at the end of the first, we need to let them know this is around the corner. It's already yeah. been shot. Don't worry. Yep. You'll have it pretty soon. It's. It was terrible. I could not believe I sat through a preview for another movie. At the end, that's how this movie ends. Is with this preview. That's yes. how we know that we're that? we've come to our yeah. final scene. Yeah, it's because it's yeah. the next movie is our final scene. Right. <laughs> right. And every single so, clip uh, is the at the end of this. Oh, go, oh, go ahead. ahead. I was gonna say every single clip is like the old western. Because you know, number three is mostly the old west, almost the entire movie. Mm. But okay. when you watch that, it's so jarring because you just watched a movie where they go to 2015 and then 85 and it's dystopian and then they're back in 55 like there's so much that happened over the last hour and a half and then check out the next movie where you're just in this one place (laughs) forever like oh that doesn't doesn't seem nearly as exciting as what i just watched right right no time travel movies should be like this for as much as maybe i didn't really enjoy this as much as i thought like this should be a this is what time travel movies should be the first one yes is a time travel movie but i love time travel movies where people are jumping around and there's multiples of them and everything like that i i I think that that's so fascinating so for the third one to just be basically a western i have no interest in watching that whatsoever i have to say since you brought that up are you both rick and morty fans I know. I've never watched. I tried to get into it. I didn't really enjoy it as much as a lot of people. Try do. again. It's the most brilliantly written cartoon okay. ever. And it was inspired by Back to the Future. Mm. And just watching yeah. Back to the Future now, being such a Rick and Morty fan, and seeing how 
over the top these characters are. Like Doc's character is so over the top, and it really inspired the uh, <laughs> the characters on on well Rick Sanchez specifically. Um, but just like their adventures and the, and the time travel stuff, yeah. right. very much inspired by this, and it actually had gave me a, a different appreciation for this movie okay. that inspired something as good as Rick and Morty. Okay. Well, that's that's sort of where I was going with this. Uh, Jamie, had you ever seen this before? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, what did you think now? Well, watching it, I had fun watching it. You know, sometimes we watch these mm-hmm. movies for our podcast and they're just a drag. We're like, oh, man. So but many, it was fun. It was fun to watch it. I thought it was ridiculous, but it yeah. was a, to me, it was a fun watch. Um, but in... Yeah, when I was a kid, mostly I remembered the um, um, I, I remembered the casino scene most of all. I didn't remember oh. all the other time travelies. I just didn't. It. I don't think I was as into it as a kid. I was into the first one more, but not the second one. Um, yeah. But yeah, I had fun with this. I was I was looking forward to talking about it because it was so flawed and so crazy and so ridiculous. <laughs> But uh, it was a fun watch to me. Yeah, I think I felt the same way. I don't think it was as great as I thought it was going to be. No. Like I said, even though I knew the broad strokes, I was so much more familiar with the going back to 55 part of this movie where I'm not saying I didn't remember Evil Biff and I didn't remember the future stuff. I kind of did. Right. But as a kid, that's what I really liked. And that's kind of what I enjoyed about it this yeah. time, too. And Carl, this is your favorite movie ever, right? Is that where well, we're coming down? It's it's up there. I mean, as far okay. as like a movie that I can quote and talk about, yeah. and we can have debates <clears throat> about and, and analyze, I there aren't a lot of movies that have this many like things that you love about it and things that just suck. Sure, and so it's just crazy. Yeah, it's fun to talk about. <laughs> but also, you know, it's funny, Jamie. You were saying how you liked the first one better, and uh, when I was growing up. And uh-huh. it's probably because I'm a guy and I used to skateboard. Everyone in my age group was so amazed by hoverboards. And we all thought there was a conspiracy. The hoverboard technology was out there and the government was suppressing Oh, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Did you remember yes. that? That was a big thing. Like people, like there were videos being made, like trying to pretend the hoverboards were real and people were yep. buying it. And so this movie was so much more important and so much better to tween age boys yeah 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 i could see why i could the see original that back to the future and it's funny because i used so when i was growing up i used to skateboard and play guitar and oh, i so, always oh, told okay. people it's because of marty <laughs> mcfly yeah that's why you got so offended when doug was like i don't think marty's yeah, sorry, at all okay. like this guy the guy's like, wait a minute cool as hell <laughs> it's my idol what are you talking about i also used to hang it's out like, with old child like, molesters so i was like everything like like this guy it's did it's like when i was a kid i i tried to figure out how a crane kicked work for you know an <laughs> afternoon that was, that was my real tie into the movie i got it i got it all right so anyway i uh, I, I just yeah. it, it's so funny that this movie was was made for children and as a child I loved it but yeah. I've always known how flawed it was and I will never stop talking about it sure. <laughs> I love it <laughs> that's fair I love it uh, so uh, Jamie do you have a recommendation yeah you, anything that you would suggest people see I'm gonna say in addition to uh, back to the future part you two? know I have the weirdest recommendation because it's not something you should see it's not something that I've even um, it's, is this it's a book. like your recommendation it's, where you told people to just start having sex? Yeah. Like that was one of your no, recommendations. No, this is it's a book, end. but I haven't read the book yet. 
but I. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one time, Carl, one time, Jamie recommended a movie that does not exist. She said, I know this movie doesn't exist, but somebody should make it. And then explained a movie that doesn't exist. Wow. You know, you got to go with what, what, the, what you're inspired by, right? So I. Yeah, no, no, of course. I've recently started to follow Justine Bateman on Instagram. And she's got this new book out um, called... It took you this long? <laughs> yeah, I know. She's got this new book out called Face One, Face, Face, One, Face One Square Foot of Skin. And it's basically about ageism and Hollywood and the feminine face and how you... Okay. And I just thought it correlates because we have Justine Bateman and Mallory from Family Ties. The scene or the part that we talked about when, when Doc peels his skin off and his face still looks the same... Reminded me of this book that she's promoting all over um, Instagram. I haven't read it, but um, it seems like it's probably an interesting <laughs> read. I love it. Okay, fantastic. Okay. Wow. There's that. Uh, Carl, do you, have, do you have any recommendation that may or may not be a book that you may or may not have read? <laughs> so I feel better about my recommendation now because oh, okay. Doug gave me a heads up 10 minutes before we started recording that oh, I should have something like, prepared. you got to recommend, yeah. And, yeah. And I'll be honest with you guys, I don't watch a ton of movies. When I do watch movies, I like to mm -hmm. watch bad movies on purpose. Oh, okay. Sure. You know, you'll notice I have a, a signed room poster behind me, my favorite movie of all time. I've watched The Room Amazing. Uh, probably 50 or 60 times. Oh, like, so I, then I you want... repeat the, the... Okay. Well, The You're Room... You're a repeat have, offender. Have you, <laughs> sorry, if you... If you love bad movies, Carl, yeah. I, I assume, have you seen Miami Connection? Room, uh, sounds familiar. Please, please watch it. All right, it. I'll, check it it. I'll check a, it out. I'll check it out. It's on Prime. It's it's an amazing bad movie. <laughs> okay. Well, so, so we're always finding bad movies and, and checking them out. My wife and I enjoy it. We get together with uh, her brother and, and sister-in-law, and, and we have a number of friends who like getting together and watching bad movies. One that I thoroughly enjoyed, and I, I got to go back and watch it again. I, I enjoyed it so much, and it's, it's been a little while, which is why I was afraid to recommend this, because if you started <laughs> to ask me too many details, I wouldn't know, but... Have you both seen Battlefield Earth? It's it's just been one of those movies where it's notoriously terrible. Yes, I, I've I've never seen it though. I've never. Jamie looks like she doesn't know it. what I'm talking. No, about. this is no. John Travolta. Oh, made made the movie for Scientologists. So, but it's like about aliens and stuff. So, Battlefield Earth was uh, written by what's his nuts, the Scientology guy, L. Ron, L. Ron Hubbard. Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> And what's what's hilarious about this movie, the backstory of it is, Elron gave this to John Travolta around 1983 and said, <clears throat> "I want this to be the next Star Wars." Oh. And so they tried to get it off the <laughs> ground, and then they couldn't get the funding. They couldn't make it happen. So John Travolta, obviously, his, his movie career kind of fizzled, and then with Pulp Fiction, he got popular again. He started making some big movies again. Right. Had a big name, and he said, "Okay, now I have." The funding and the, uh, Scientology was growing, and they had more. So they finally were able to like make this movie. This was this was part one. This book is this is only the first third of this book that Ron oh. Hubbard wrote. So Battlefield <laughs> Earth was supposed to be the beginning of this trilogy that was going to be like the next Star Wars. Oh, man. And you can tell because it doesn't end well. It doesn't end like a, a story would end. Kind of you're kind of like what the what, what just happened I here? Need, yeah, yeah. And they don't even show a preview for Battlefield Earth 2 at the end of it. <laughs> they never shot Battlefield Earth 2 or 3. Right. So uh, it's, it came out in the year 2000. It is so bad that it is hilarious. And I'm, I promise you I'll watch it again. 
Um, but yeah, check that out. If you like bad movies, if you want to sit down and laugh at professionals making a movie, trying to make a good movie, and failing miserably, you will enjoy <laughs> Battle that's, that's so crazy that that he would that he wouldn't give it to Tom Cruise. You know what I mean? Like at that point, if I mean I don't know when he gave it to Travolta. Well, like I said, it was er- in early eighties. <laughs> well, like I said, early eighties. Travolta, okay. Tom Cruise. I don't think what with Cocktail was his big first movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, if he would have just held on a few more oh, years, yeah. you probably could have given this to Tom Cruise. It could have been his mission impossible. Money, yeah, it, yeah, it could have been. Big. Yeah, Tom Cruise probably had the opportunity to be a part of this. And sure. is too smart. Yeah. Whereas John Travolta, not so much. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, all right. Uh, I will recommend a legitimately good movie, I guess. Oh. Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie from 2014. It's an Australian movie called The Infinite Man. Um, and it's kind of, it's it's a time travel movie, but it's about a guy and his girlfriend. And they're sort of at this hotel. It appears to be an abandoned motel. It's really strange. But he's having this wonderful romantic weekend with her and she dumps him. But you soon find out that he's been time traveling and he's trying to make this not happen, trying to make her not dump him. And he does it time and time again where there's like at the end of the movie, there's like eight of him and eight of her running around. He's trying to keep her away from her other self. And then her boyfriend shows up. He figures out time travel. So he runs around. It's super fun. And it's so lo-fi. Like the time travel device is basically like a bald cap with wires sticking (laughs) out of it. They don't, they don't really care about how you travel back in time, but it's a super fun story. And, and just, um, a, a, a really sweet and sad, uh, sort of romantic time travel film is what I'm going to say. Right. So there we go. I, I recommended a legitimate movie, I guess. <laughs> What's it called again? The Infinite Man. The Infinite Man. And I did I did watch it on Prime. It should be on Amazon. Kind of so kind of reminds you of Groundhog Day a little bit, the way you described yeah. it. Yeah. Oh no, very much so. Yeah. yeah. It's it's not it's not as funny. It's sure. kind of sad in the end that this poor pathetic loser is just trying to hold on to this girl who wants nothing to do with him. But, you know, that's the point. So you could relate so, to this is what you're saying? Oh, I could relate to you. Yeah, 100%. Yes. At some point, I tricked someone into marrying me, and I'm very grateful for that. So, uh, so Carl, thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate you, uh, you know, taking some time out and coming on here. Uh, would you like to sort of talk about what's going on on Who Are These Podcasts? And maybe if people aren't familiar with the show, talk to them and sort of explain it. Sure. So I host a show called Who Are These Podcasts? It's a roast style show where each week we pick out a different podcast and we pull clips and we analyze it. Doug's been on a bunch of times. He does a great job. Mm. One of our uh, fan favorite guest co-hosts that we have from other podcasts. And so you can check that out at whoarethese.com or anywhere you get podcasts. You can find Who Are These Podcasts. I also do a show called The Creep Off. And that's a show I do with my buddy Vinny Paulino, who's a stand-up comedian. And it is a true crime show. I have a hard time describing the show, but Doug gave me a really good way to describe it. Or not Doug, uh, Vinny did the other day. Yeah. He goes, you know how uh, women really like true crime podcasts? This is the one they won't like. (laughs) Oh, no, no. Fair enough. No, it is. Yes. So the creep off. That's that's what I would say. That's actually a great way to describe that show. Yes, exactly. So the creep off is a show where it's a contest. We pick a category. So today we did a, we recorded a show that had to be Eastern European. Oh. So you picked a creep from uh, Eastern Europe, 
and we each picked one, and then we present our case, and we explain why we think our creep is the bigger creep, and then people go on, and they vote on our website, and then when somebody gets to five, the other person has to spin a wheel of consequences, and then you have to do a consequence. So anyway, that's the creep off, the creepoff.com. Oh, the and, creep off uh, sounds like an interactive fun one, I got to tell you. It is. It is. It's, it's a lot of interaction with our uh, our listeners and it's pretty fun. You know, who are these podcasts? I th- I think is absolutely amazing. I I think you are probably the hardest working person in podcasts, which is crazy to say, but the amount of time and energy that you put into that show um, I mean, I think it's why you have a rotating panel of guests. Yeah. I don't know who wants to come on there each and every week and do the work that you do. Um, and, you know, for us, for our show, I just, I managed to, like, I really enjoyed what you were doing. Mm-hmm. And I managed to get in and leave you a review early enough on where you weren't quite as big as you are <laughs> now. Sure. Where I was able to say, please check out our stupid show and make fun of us. And you did. You You granted me that. Um, and I, I remember even after you did it, I told Jamie about it and Jamie's like, well, I don't, I don't want to listen to that. I was like, yeah, you probably don't want to listen to it, but you did say that Jamie was the best part of our show. So I, did. I do want to say that. Oh, well, I thought you. Jamie, I said, and I remember this pretty well, but I don't remember doing your show, but yeah. I remember this part. I said, I so, sounds like Jamie is a radio professional. She sounds like oh. a real broadcast. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> but I do want to give you props, Doug, because you're one of these guys, and we've had a few now over the years who mm-hmm. we've roasted their show, and you've had such a good sense of humor about it that you rolled with it, and now you're a part of the show. And I, I do, it. I appreciate people with a good I sense totally of humor. I totally get yes. it. Like I know what you're right. doing. Like I understand it, and and the fact that certain fans of certain shows get so butthurt, and and even so hosts of shows. Did get you so, say yes? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like. People who host shows get so mad at you for making one of their stupid shows. I'm like, these are dumb podcasts. Like, how? Yeah, how, how could seriously you so are you taking yourself? Then, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, we have so many one star reviews. You wouldn't even believe it, Jamie. <laughs> it is. It is. Crazy. So many people hate our show. It's it's really amazing. Well, that roasting will get people all like, yeah, yeah, it does. It gets yep. people fired up. But yeah. Well, thanks guys. Thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun. I, <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm glad we were yeah. able to talk about uh, Back to the Future too for. An hour and yeah. 40 minutes. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we you. often talk Thank longer you, than the movie. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Thank you, Carl. Uh, I appreciate you coming on again. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll be back in two weeks with another guest and another movie. So until then, have a great two weeks, everyone. Thank you again. One foot on the brake and one on the gas. When you did our show, it was at the height of your Bonnie drops.
So oh, yeah. all through our episode, it was just Bonnie saying it's, it's not interesting. Boring as shit. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I can't fucking take it. 